0: Before we start today's episode, I want to go ahead and give the trigger warnings for this one. There will be discussions of, and this is alleged, domestic and child abuse, child sexual assault and rape, grooming, suicide, and false imprisonment. Listener discretion is advised. Hannah. And I'm Samantha. And you're listening to
1: Reaper Tales.
0: And today I'm bringing an episode that is going to be very difficult. It is the story of Grant and Gracie Solomon. But before we get started, Samantha, what are we drinking? Because we're definitely gonna need a drink for this one.
1: We didn't have a theme. I was just told to have plenty. So... I took the rest of the bottle out of the fridge of the white wine that we had <laughs> in preparation. So your choice. Um, but it's not going to be a Truly this time, I take it. Yeah, none of us have trulies, So, so there you go.
0: Listen to us. We, we changed it up. I have wine. Kelsey has some kind of drink. It's a vodka, orange vodka and Sprite. She says it tastes like an orange soda. And I'm kind of jealous. Honestly, that sounds dangerous. It does. Well, this is uh, going to be a part two. This is going to be a two-parter. There's just way too much information to simply put it into one episode. And this one, this one's going to be a little bit shorter than the second one in the information that I give you, simply because I know you, in particular, Samantha, are going to have a lot to say about it, and we're going to have a lot to
1: discuss with it. With that said. I don't know why you think I would have anything to say about anything. I am not opinionated <laughs> whatsoever. We're, we're just going to jump right into it. And I'm actually going to be
0: doing this a little bit differently than what I've heard most other like YouTubers and podcasters have done when they are covering this case. They, for the most part, covered... And typically, I don't listen to other podcasts or like YouTubes or whatever of cases that I'm going to cover especially when it's like a questionable case or an unsolved case because I want to come to my own conclusion. But this one's really different in the sense that the family at the center of it has been very open with these people giving their testimony for interviews and things like that. And even in their own part, making their own videos on social media platforms and things such as that. So there's a plethora of information out there that you can go and see. With that said, I am going to be covering, originally I was just going to cover like the death of Grant Solomon. But at, at the center of this story, it isn't just about Grant's death. It is about, it's about Grant. It's about Gracie. And ultimately it is also about their mother, Angie, and the alleged abuse that they suffered at the hands of their father and husband, Aaron Solomon. So before we get started, I need to give a bit of a disclaimer. In everything that we discussed today, it is coming directly from Grant and Gracie. Sorry, it is coming directly from Grant and Gracie's mother, Angie, and Gracie herself. Everything I tell you today is alleged in any opinion or speculation, either of us giving On this case is based on the information provided by the allegations against Aaron Solomon. And I'm saying this for a specific reason because Aaron Solomon has attempted to sue YouTubers and writers who have tried to speak out on this case. They have been dismissed for the most part. So, again, everything that we talk about is alleged based on the information provided by Angie and Gracie Solomon. Now that we have that out of the way, let's get into it. Like I said in the disclaimer, a lot of the information comes from Angie and Gracie, but a lot of it, uh, of what I did gather, was written from different articles and like blogs that were written specifically by Shannon Ashley. There are some prominent like podcasters and writers and things like that who have also written about it. All of that information will be in my show notes, but I specifically pulled a lot of information from Shannon because she interviewed and speaks with Angie on a regular basis. And again, blanket alleged, cross
1: the board. Somehow I feel like if we do a drinking game for every time you say alleged, our listeners aren't going to survive.
0: Oh, man, it's all in here. It's all in here. Oh, yikes.
1: Don't take a shot every time she says "alleged." Please, alleged, 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 alleged.
0: Anyway, um, wh- there it is again, Kelty. Just I used to get all my ums out before. Uh, you you weren't well. You weren't on oh. the recordings <laughs> then. I just
1: sit here and I go. Um know. um 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 um. She used to do. It. it was like the that was our warm up. We would be like, "All right, get your ums out." Um 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 um. Little bit of levity before we get right into this. I mean, we're probably okay. Let me clarify something. If there are moments where we are joking, laughing, whatever, it's to bring levity in a very serious and probably based on what I already have heard, dark topic that I'm probably not going to be too happy about and possibly a little triggered. So don't take it like we're taking it lightly. I think all of us, it's kind of like that nervous laugh where we need to, to break it up. I know I appreciate podcasts that do that when they talk about serious subjects. So please understand that that's what's going on and not that we are taking this lightly. Yes, I am Just so uncomfortable. Heads up ahead, 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 ahead of time, because if this subject matter is what you're referring to, I'm going to be taking it very seriously. So don't think otherwise.
0: Yeah. I've cried quite a bit about this and I will continue to cry. I will probably cry in the middle of this and I will probably cry after. So I do take it seriously. I do want answers on this. Uh, That is why I am covering it. But again, yes, um, I laugh because I'm nervous and I laugh because I don't want to cry, honestly. So anyway, fair. To tell the story about Gracie and Grant Solomon, I have to start with Angie Solomon, formerly known as Angie Huffines, and Aaron Solomon. Now known as Angie Huffines, Aaron and Angie attended high school together, and according to her, he stalked her during that time, which she rightly found creepy. Years later, after she completed pharmacy school... Angie was trying to make amends to people she had been mean to in life, and Aaron was one of those people. She worried she was too harsh in her
1: rebuff of him, which, like, no, girlfriend, you weren't. You're not obligated to be nice to people who are violating your space. Yep. So, no. No, you don't owe anything to them.
0: Yeah. So, after seeing Aaron on the Nashville's Channel 4 News as the sports anchor, Okay, thank God you preface.
1: You explained why he was on the news. No, he was was already getting worried.
0: He was he was the sports anchor. He is a very prominent figure in the Nashville area. Well known, he is has been you know the sports anchor there, and he has also been on the radio station there, and. He he worked at like some financial something or other. It's it's later. Merrill Lynch or something like that. Like he was, he's a very well known, prominent person in the Nashville
1: area. Okay, I gotta ask. He's a he's on the news as what, a sports reporter. And then he oh, worked for a financial firm. Like what the heck? We're gonna get to it. Just wait. We're just at the we're at the beginning. Okay. I know, but that just okay. It sounds <laughs> and, like and, oh, never mind. I I do have to say that I've interviewed before, like they had like a new job every three years and it was completely different every time. Like, well, you're going to be very
0: familiar with Aaron. Okay. (laughs) And I will say that uh, this meat horror that I am about to tell you is this. I said it before Shannon wrote about this after having an interview with Angie and getting her take on how Aaron and Angie had met so this is directly from that article, but I have heard several other podcasters and YouTubers cover this, and in a lot of instances, those podcasts will allude to what I I am about to say, but they they will typically say that Aaron and Angie dated for a very short period of time during this and then quickly got married. But I also wanted to talk about this part of it because if this is true, this is Horrific. Alleged, alleged, alleged. Shot, shot, shot. This man, after receiving Angie's email congratulating him on his news or sports ball anchor thing, <laughs> he, he decided to respond to her with a three-page email. Okay. okay.
1: You have now confirmed that I was not wrong and I am now cutting all communications off.
0: Yeah. She tried. After this, according to Angie's interview, Aaron began showing up at her house and around her neighborhood. He caught her in restaurants and bumped into her shopping, but Angie rebuffed him again and again. She never answered the door when he showed up, and she definitely never
1: accepted a date from him. That is why you trust your instincts. Don't doubt them. Don't feel bad about being mean. Just literally close. Don't open that door again. Don't feel bad about it. Just.
0: Yeah. And she said in that interview, she was like, he made me feel creepy in high school. And she was also brought up in an abuse in her own environment, in an abusive environment, in a very religiously traumatic household. There's a lot of religious trauma there and a need to please the men around her instead of. You know, listening to your own instincts. To be a, as her father said, a good Christian. Uh, because he told good her Christian she was woman. not a good enough Christian.
1: Good Christian woman. Yeah. Specify please, because I was raised in that. And there's a difference between a between a good Christian woman and a good Christian man. Let's be honest. You ain't wrong. But also I was not saying she did anything wrong to clarify what I was no, saying. I know. Is, that's one of the hardest things for us to unlearn is that need to be polite and agreeable and smile. I owe you nothing. I don't know who you are. And even if I did, I didn't owe you anything. So if you make me feel uncomfortable, you have every right to leave. And if you don't do it voluntarily, I will make sure it's done. That's it. Yeah. And she says
0: in that interview, she's like, "I my hope is that in 20 years, other women, other girls will read this and listen to their gut. Yep. Listen to what that that bad feeling that they had. They will listen to it.
1: And I mean, yeah, I think us women now growing up and having kids and being around kids or around teenagers, I think we are starting to. I hope, anyway, making an impact on them of them understanding that, no, they don't owe anybody, not just men. You don't owe anybody anything. And it's not stuck up or arrogant for you to walk away from somebody who's making you uncomfortable. Oh, that is no. you protecting yourself, period. Not at End all. of statement.
0: Well, eventually, Angie did break down and she agreed to have lunch with Aaron. But it was just lunch, and Angie says he was as creepy as ever. She knew in her gut this was not a good guy. So she kind of like, she tries to ghost him, but something happens. It was a year called 2001. Oh. And it was September. It was 9-11. And during that time, you know... If you didn't grow up in, in that time, I think we've talked about it before. Everybody was terrified. Everybody was, a li- like, emotional and felt unsafe and lonely and desolate. And it was just this entire, you didn't know
1: what was going to happen next. Well, your entire world had been rocked. So, I mean, you didn't know what was safe anymore because those people yeah. just went to work one day, and then that happened, and nothing like that had ever happened before, so.
0: Yeah, so dur- during this time, in, th- in the article, she doesn't specifically say that what she does next is because of 9-11, but my assumption is because it's mentioned right before that it played a part into what she decides to do next, because Aaron invites Angie to a Titans game and she agrees to go. Now, to get to this game, she was going to have to fly in a plane and stay in a hotel overnight. The uh, Channel 4 News was going to, Aaron was going to pay for it, or Channel 4 News. And she was going to be allowed to stand on the field with the news party. And she loved, like, the Titans. And she wanted to go and see it. She told Aaron before she, you know, before she went, she was like, when you book the hotel, make sure that you get two beds. Do not get one. And this will come up later, but uh, just remember that.
1: I assume since you're mentioning it now, it's going to be a problem later. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, and not in the way that you think. So, Aaron ended up not getting a hotel room with uh, two beds, it was a hotel room with one bed. And he ended up getting a, uh, he ended up handing Angie a Mountain Dew before they went to bed. And she was she was surprised because she was like, How did he know like that's what I drink in the
1: pharmacy all day?
0: And she didn't think anything about anything uh, about did, it. And did we not just say that he was a stalker
1: when she was in college?
0: Yeah. Well, no, when she was in high school, and then he basically okay, stalked school, her but...
1: up to this point, anyway. <laughs> so <laughs> that's how stalkers work. They know your preferences quite well because they watch you. Watch yeah. Joe or what what is it? Uh the, the one with Joe. You. Who? On Netflix. You. Oh, I yeah. haven't seen that. I read stalker. the books. Um good gosh, that show. <laughs> I will I read It'll give you some insight on some stalker. The first book. It made me uncomfortable. I didn't I didn't makes you that serious. <laughs> it's stalker. I mean, I'm just saying. They're gonna know your your preferences. They've been watching it for a while. That's oh, yeah. I'm saying.
0: So when she's laying down to get to bed, right before she goes to sleep, passes out, whatever, she tells him, you know, don't touch me. I'm not going to say the detail that happened, but pretty much but she says that he raped her. And if what she said is true, yes, 100%. And she goes on to say that she was concerned about being pregnant, getting pregnant. You know, she's, she's 30. She's starting up her career in pharmacy what have you. She's successful. She owns her own house. She has her own car. So it wouldn't be a big deal if she ended up pregnant, but she knew that if she ended up pregnant, she is going to be saddled to this person for the rest of her life. Been there. And that's what happened. She ended up pregnant. If this story is true, if it's not the story of her dating him for a few weeks
1: and they end up getting married. Oh, so that was the reason why. Yes, that was that was her account of the reason why that yes. happens
2: so fast. Okay.
0: Yeah. Angie did say that she had planned to raise the baby on her own. She told Aaron that and Aaron went to her dad and her dad is quite abusive, allegedly, to discuss it. And her dad and Aaron decided
1: that the two would get married. I love how it's him and her dad Uh uh-huh oh yeah oh yeah
0: angie's family were well known in the church of christ community it just wouldn't do to have an unmarried pregnant daughter running around even though she's 30 owns a house
1: owns a car
0: is self-sufficient
1: she's about to be making bank but okay
0: yeah no she's already making bank like she is she's in it to win it at this point But she was getting to a point—in this article, she says that she was getting to, like, a point where she was going to be able to get out from under the thumb of her father. And then, lo and behold, another abuser comes along, you know, (laughs) and just, like, women can't fucking win. I get that feeling.
1: I understand that feeling. I've been there.
0: So the two were wed in Las Vegas
1: in 2001. That went in a direction I didn't expect. (laughs) Yeah. They're both from Tennessee, basically. Right? They're yeah, both they're, in Tennessee? They're both from Tennessee. So they mm-hmm. flew to Vegas to get married? Uh-huh. They actually got there was married No at the, other option?
0: <laughs> I I have no idea. They got married at the same hotel, Elvis, and uh what was her name? Uh Trisha pa- Oh fuck. Kelsey, help me. Priscilla. Priscilla, Priscilla I Priscilla. Yeah. It was a I, I knew, Look, yeah, I knew it was a well before my
1: time, do not come after <laughs> Way be before my time. time, and I definitely don't follow Elvis. But I knew it started with a b
0: Yeah. So, so they got married there, and after they got married, Aaron immediately took control of Andy's life. He took over her finances. Again, she's a, su- a successful pharmacist. Never guessed
1: and- that's where this was going.
0: Pharmacists get paid so much money. Like, I used to work in a pharmacy. They get paid so much money. It's incredible. I mean,
1: basically the only ones that beat them out are anesthesiologists. Yeah, pretty much. Because it's the same thing, only during surgery. (laughs) Less likelihood of being sued.
0: A lot more money. Yeah. So he takes over her finances, and he adds his name to her house and her car. I'm just not going to say anything. I'm just going to... Yeah, and I they're both from well-off families. I will say that. Angie's dad was a successful grocer and I know in some articles it says that Aaron ended up getting like money from his family from time to time and things like that. But Aaron's Aaron's family was well-off too. And I only bring that up because at some point here in the future An aunt of his is going to die, a very wealthy aunt. And when that aunt dies, he ends up with a trust, a trust that pays him out thousands of dollars a month. A month. He is going to end up making way more money than any of us could imagine ever having from a trust fund. And it will play an important part in this. So, all of this is happening. Aaron moves in. He immediately starts controlling every aspect of Angie's life. Then came Grant and Gracie. Grant was born June thirteenth, two 2001, and Gracie, October... I say 2006, but it might have been 2008. I think it might have been a misprint from where I, I, I've seen it. Because some people say that Grant and Gracie were four years apart, and some say that they were six years apart. I don't know which... I'm, I'm unsure... Of which one it is. But, you know, take that with what it is. They were Angie's entire world, a spot of brightness in the world she had been shoved into. And in 2008, Angie found out that Aaron had been cheating on her with multiple women. She also believed he was grooming several high school age girls and hiring sex workers. In 2011, Aaron told Angie that he quit his job at the news station. However, there were rumors that he'd been fired after inappropriate contact content was found on his cell phone and computer.
1: That would do it. I yeah. mean, a news station's not going to want to have anything to do with that.
0: No, no, no. Well, and he, here's the thing. He ended up... And, and they would fire without releasing why. Exactly. In some articles I found, the timeline is a little bit iffy on this. I'm unsure which one is true. I typically err on the side of like the victim and their account. But from what I've gathered, Aaron actually quit his job at the news station when Angie opened up a very successful apothecary store. And this is from that article. All of this is alleged, but he began. Stealing stuff from the apothecary money, the stuff that they sell in there and things like that. And eventually she, they ended up closing it down. And so he like went back. I'm unsure. He went back to the news station, asked them to take him back on. They did take him back on, but quickly he was fired again or fired this time. I don't know which one is true. What I can tell you is the man job hops. And during this time, it was increasingly, like, getting worse and worse. So, you know, do with that what you will. It It is, he did have, like, a co-host or a co-news anchor post something about, you know, hey, I've seen, like, you know, Aaron hasn't been here. Just wanted to say he's moved on to something bigger or better. Like,
1: obviously, they're not going to say anything. They're a news station. The last thing they want is news on somebody who's reporting news on their news station.
0: <laughs> yeah, and he allegedly told Angie that when he went back the second time and they inevitably fired him, he said that they fired him because they had told him to lie about something on the news, and he refused and so they fired him. "My guy, you're a sports.
1: stand-up guy. You what the fuck were, are you going lie told about? to lie about the score of a game and you didn't do it? Congrats. My God. Which is easily yeah. verifiable. <laughs> obviously not the case, but whatever. Also, by the way, let's just go ahead and take a tea real quick. That's what people who are like narcissists like to make themselves the victim. I was trying to do the right thing, and then they fired me for it. Oh, okay. Sure. Again, it's not like we have to worry about HR lawsuits or anything in this day and age. But sure, sure. That's, you're that's a sports what anchor.
0: What, what, what are they having you? <laughs> it's not like you're a political like reporter. It, you're you could voice your opinion anchor. on a, as
1: a sports anchor, and I feel like you'd still be fine. Yeah. Let's be honest. Oh my god. That's what all. That's basically all they do.
0: You could have just gotten on the news recently and been like, "It's about time save and retired," and you would still have a job. I know. <laughs> <laughs> if it,
1: anybody outside of Alabama, everybody is really out, every single person, including some Alabama fans, believe that. But anyway, I digress. Yeah.
0: yeah. Anyways, so from there, he ends up going to a radio station. He doesn't last long there, and then in 2014 I didn't see how attractive it, he was so it didn't last as long right <laughs> oh, God I really don't mind being
1: around you it's just when you open your mouth that's really the problem and, you know I've said that to people and they somehow get offended I don't really understand but whatever <laughs> you have a voice made
0: for television <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh yikes
0: <sighs> I I have a face for anything I am fucking gorgeous and so is Samantha you're not lying <laughs> In 2014, Aaron began working as a financial advisor for Merrill Lynch. The fact that those words came out of your mouth. Just,
1: I take it personal. I can't help it.
0: You know what? If he can do it, so can I. But I'm this gonna was go. gonna win. What was the year? 2014. It was uh, after.
1: Okay. It was after. But it was Merrill Lynch. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yikes. No, no hate towards the company or anything. Just saying. I don't work in the financial. That's that's, honestly, that's a company you either, you either got it or you don't. So if he only worked there for a year, year and a half, that's not surprising.
0: Yeah, he, he didn't last long there. And I honestly forget if he like got fired or if he left because there is a specific reason why he would leave after this. That's a trust fund. Things continued to get worse in the Solomon household. Angie tried to get counseling but Aaron wouldn't give her any privacy. He never left her alone for any extended period of time. Aaron ended up joining Angie in therapy.
1: That's not abusive at all.
0: Mm-hmm. Where she was diagnosed with PTSD, likely from significant abuse she'd experienced as a child and the abuse that she was currently experiencing not in PTSD, her marriage. Not by the way. C. PTSD.
1: A little bit yeah. different.
0: And, allegedly... Aaron was diagnosed with narcissism and sex addic- addiction. Who could have guessed? I don't know if that's allegedly. I'm. I'm sure if that diagnosis was out there. Uh, you know, it is. The, but, uh, the allegedly, uh, still, allegedly, I guess,
1: would be if that would be public information or not. I guess. Yeah, because I, technically, probably shouldn't be based on yeah. doctor-patient confidentiality. Well. I haven't seen that doctor chart, but I have seen some other ones. I mean, I could have diagnosed him personally, but I'm not medically trained or licensed. So legally, I can't. But just based on what I've heard, I could have diagnosed him.
0: Yeah, exactly. Same. Aaron's behavior grew worse after Gracie was born. He would threaten to take the kids and tell Angie she would never see them again. This was his way of controlling her.
1: Sounds vaguely familiar.
0: Yeah. During all of this, Angie documented all of the abuse and working with her therapy on a plan to get the fuck out of there. So her therapist was, like, actively helping her come up with, like, a way to leave him safely with the kids. She was documenting every instance of abuse, keeping it with her therapy, with her therapist, and coming up with a plan... To exit, and her therapist was actively working with her to do this, which is
1: incredible. Yeah, because the thing is, it's not just about having proof, but having a space of time of proof shows a pattern and it shows a tendency. And it's a lot harder to disprove or, or I guess, count counter that if it comes down to a custody proceeding. Because I have an amount of time showing a repeated behavior. Well, in theory. Well, in theory.
0: In January of 2013, five-year-old Gracie began having terrible reactions to getting a bath. She refused them and would try to get out of them at any means. She would tell her parents, I'm not dirty. I don't need a bath. You see, Erin was the only one allowed to bathe Gracie. A heavy trigger warning on this. He wouldn't even let Angie, her mother, bathe her. But in January of 2013, Angie found out why. Gracie told Angie that Aaron was touching her, that he would put soap in her private parts, and it was really hurting her. There are more details, but I'm not going to go into it. And there is, there is a video of Gracie now, as a 16-year-old, talking about it that she posted online.
1: And there is a reason why. Uh, First of all, I want to give acknowledgement to her if she is strong enough to be able to do that and to take that strength back. That's hard and unfair and is a testament to her. Yeah. To be able to talk about it. She's a strong kid. She's taking that strength back.
0: Angie confronted Aaron about the abuse, and she says that he admitted to it, but she couldn't do anything about it because he threatened to take her kids away and she'd never see them again. And Angie believed these threats, and she couldn't risk not being around to protect her kids. On May 9th of 2013, Angie, Grant, and Gracie had locked themselves in the primary bedroom like they normally did when Aaron got aggressive. He eventually coaxed Angie out of the room and into the bathroom with him. He struck her on the side of the head and began to strangle her with the cord of a hairdryer. Grant, who was still a kid, he was like 11 at this point, intervened and stopped his father from killing his mother. Aaron then called the police. Aaron called the police. And Angie's parents, who showed up to support Aaron when Aaron told the police that Angie was suicidal and had tried to hang herself with the hairdryer cord. The police took her to the hospital where Angie told doctors about what was happening at home and everything that happened that night. The doctors wrote in her chart, this is directly from her chart quote, The note indicated that the staff admitted her out of caution despite confusing presentations of abuse versus suicide attempt. The note suggests that Dr. Solomon was likely in an abusive relationship with her husband. The doctor also contacted her therapist, and they wrote in reference to that conversation in her chart, quote, the plan was to move Dr. Solomon out of the house safely and obtain a divorce The chart indicated that Dr. Solomon did not appear to have signs of depression and she was not voicing suicidal ideation. In the hospital course of the discharge summary, it was noted that the patient was telling the truth about the situation and that she was in a risky situation with her husband who appeared to possibly be volatile and violent, although this was uncertain. The patient's parents also appear to be unreliable
1: sources of information. So I want to take a moment because this is fucking triggering. The thing that saved her was the fact that she was going to a therapist and had a extensive history with this therapist and it had talked to them about the truth of the matter. And so then this therapist could then go and say, I've talked to this person for X amount of time. And we've been making these plans. We've been talking about these things. She has been honest with me about these things. And so I can advocate for her. And the reason why I say this is if you are hiding this type of thing from your therapist, you're preventing them from being able to advocate for you. Because if you don't tell them, then it's conjecture. But if you tell them and it's an extended period of time, they can show time where this has been a problem. So when something like this happens, because it very well possibly and most likely will eventually happen, they can advocate for you. I'm not saying it's going to work out because I haven't heard the rest of the story, but what I'm saying is at least you have somebody in your corner that has been there for you this whole time and they are going to advocate for you. I can tell you that right now. They are there for you and they are listening and they believe you And they are going to do everything in their power to make sure that things work out the way they should. So please be honest with your therapist so that they can build that case for you because it holds a lot of weight. Yeah, uh, I agree.
0: And I think Angie was uh, lucky in the sense that she got the therapist that she did because finding a good therapist is not always easy. Somebody who clicks with you, somebody who listens to you somebody who's willing to advocate for you. And so I do, I do think like that's one of the few things that she
1: has been lucky in getting. Some of us are lucky and we get assigned to a therapist that we didn't even sign up for, but the uh, office made a mistake and put you with a different therapist. That's what happened to me. And that therapist ended up being perfect for me. Sometimes you have to talk to a person for a few times and then go, this isn't this isn't really working for me and then look elsewhere and there's, they're not going to take it personally, by the way. Yeah. They want you to be with somebody that fits for you. And if they're not the person they want to help you get to the person that is a good person. Yeah. Don't worry about hurting their feelings. If you're that people pleaser person (laughs) as I
0: was, (laughs) all of this is to say, get a therapist. I know my therapist is going to listen to this, so... Hey, thanks. You've helped me a lot. You'd advocate for me. Love you to death. Anyway, so the doctor released Angie on May 11th after determining uh, what the actual freaking situation was. Things were actually about to get worse, however. When Angie arrived home, the house was empty. She tried to call Aaron and her parents multiple times, but they didn't answer. All she wanted to know was where her kids were. While trying to figure out where her kids were, the police showed up again. They told her that Erin had called saying she was suicidal. She literally just got home from the hospital from this. So she goes and gets the paperwork and she shows the police officers and she's like, look, I'm not. This part was really hard for me because I've been in this situation. I've been in this, not the exact person doing it to me, but I've been in this situation and having people around you say that you are unstable and that you are going to harm yourself or somebody else. And you know that you are not, and you still get imprisoned for no reason. It's damaging to somebody's psyche, let alone like you come home and your entire family's gone like that. What are you supposed to do?
1: Well, and she was already terrified that whatever was going on, people weren't going to believe her. And that's why she wouldn't act before this because she was afraid she would lose custody of her kids and that they would be in his custody.
0: Yeah. And she didn't want that to
1: happen. He
0: he, he took the option away from her. But... (laughs) Angie was pretty much fed up with all of this at that point. You know, the police ended up deciding she wasn't a harm to herself or anybody else around her. So Angie went and filed for a restraining order against Aaron after all of this. This was at the advice of a hospital emergency room, like, doctor they were like they heard her story and they were like you need a restraining like go and get a restraining order and so she it did paperwork get it on file. Yeah, and at the same time she tried to file for an order of protection against Aaron for Gracie and Grant. They approved her restraining order but they wouldn't allow her to get an order of protection
1: against Aaron for Gracie and Grant. Because those are his children, and you can't separate them without actual proof.
0: No, no. None of that fucking matters, because on May 18th, Angie found out that while she had been in the hospital, Aaron had filed for divorce, as well as for an order of protection for him and the kids from her, and he was granted full custody. This was in what state, Tennessee? This was in Tennessee,
1: and this was in 2015. For a man to get emergency custody of his kids in t- Tennessee, huh? he knew somebody.
0: Wait, no, it was 2013. I misspoke. Whatever. Whatever. He knew somebody.
1: <laughs> oh, I'm 100% certain that he knew... No, he knew somebody. A lot of people. He knew somebody to get that to happen. I can tell you that right now.
0: We'll (sighs) get into it. And that's from my
1: experience. That's there. There's no other way. We'll get into
0: it in part two. But yes, the thought is that he is very well connected with some very prominent people within the
1: Nashville area. But we won't get into that. And this one, let's just put it this way it's a Southern state, baby. It's hard for a man to get full custody of his kids in an emergency hearing in the South. So if that happened, he knew somebody. And, yeah, that's conjecture, but also that's what I know based on my experience. So take it or leave it. I don't really care. Oh, yeah. You want to talk about some opinions being thrown right now? Yeah, I got some opinions. (laughs) Oh, it's about to get so
0: much worse. It's so bad. I fucking hate it. Here's the thing within days before he had the he, he had her committed falsely committed his aunt had died and his trust had been released to him so he had all the money yeah
1: also i think it's i think it's actually to some extent illegal for you to take custody from somebody who is currently under care and has not been diagnosed nor has there been a determination of their danger to themselves or the public oh. I'm not going to say it's illegal, but I'm just saying, like, I feel like having a court case where the other parent is incapable of being present, nor are they capable of presenting testimony, nor do you have any kind of doctor's testimony saying they're actually a liability to themselves or the public. You literally have no proof. I feel like that's
0: not how it works. If you think that that's illegal or unjust or unjudicial or whatever... Wait, just just wait.
1: Oh my god. Um, also, talking I'm about kinda, conjecture. I mean, it's kind yeah. of what it sounds like happened in that court hearing. I'm just saying. Yeah, lots of it.
0: Kelsey's also looking it up, so I was trying to
1: delay. Oh, I know she like sat up.
2: <laughs> yeah. So basically, I just typed in exactly what you said. Can someone take custody away if a parent is in the hospital? I didn't specify, but basically, it says. Tennessee. Having a mental health diagnosis does not mean a parent is unable to have custody of their child. If a parent has a mental illness, the court will typically consider the severity of the illness, the treatment the parent is receiving, and the impact of the illness on the parent's ability to care for the child. Now, in regards to being in the hospital without the mental health aspect, it says the family court's decisions are based entirely on the child's best interests. If the court becomes aware that your illness is seriously interfering with your ability to care for your child, they may be left with no other choice but to give your primary physical custody to the other parent.
1: Yeah, but this isn't something that happens in a week or two weeks or three weeks. Like This is is an extended hospital hospital care situation where it's actually a problem. It was three days. Yeah, no, that doesn't. I can tell you right now, courts don't move that fast. Well, they do here.
0: Aaron Wait, what immediate- year was that? 2013.
1: Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe they've slowed down since then.
0: Aaron immediately began to control Grant and Gracie. He told them what they would eat, when they would go to the bathroom, who they would spend time with, and anything else that happened in their life. They told friends and their mother that they were kept on a strict diet. On May 26, 2013, Aaron brought the kids back home along with Angie's parents, and he told Angie if she behaved herself, they would stay. But the next morning, under the pretext of getting Dunkin' Donuts, Aaron took Grant and Gracie away from their mother again, Grant allegedly tried to jump from the moving vehicle when he realized they weren't going back to their mothers.
1: Okay, so let me ask clarification questions. He filed for divorce, and then what immediately got it approved without her signing any paperwork? Yeah. That's well, no, 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 no. no, not no. Legal. He he
0: filed for divorce. They haven't officially gotten divorced at this point. This
1: is only a month after. So there's- so there's no custody arrangement whatsoever.
0: There is a custody legally. arrangement. He he gets he gets temporary full custody under an emergency filing which
1: allows what custody for her?
0: None. He gets
1: no full. visitation
0: either. No. Nothing. Everything it, it doesn't ma- it doesn't matter because he has full custody. He He said the terms of custody and
1: then also have visitation there. There is a difference. But that's why I'm asking, does she have visitation rights? At this point, I don't think
0: so. It was an emergency thing. You know, unfit mother, blah, 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 blah.
1: So despite (laughs) the fact that she now has a hospital and doctors and her therapist all saying she actually doesn't have anything to be worried about.
0: I'm so glad you brought that up. There was a court okay. hearing on June 21st for their divorce. And during the hearing, Angie's father and sister made statements in Aaron's favor. However, yeah, I know her her whole family is fucked up. And that's a story within itself. But again, uh, I, I can't get into that. That's more child abuse. And go and read the articles I'm going to put in the show notes if you really want to do a deep dive into it. I don't have the emotional bandwidth. To do that and record it. However, medical experts testified in Angie's defense. They stated she was not suicidal and that she was a victim of domestic abuse. Multiple doctors stated this in that divorce hearing. Even with all of that, Judge Philip, I'm going to say that for the people in the back, Philip E. Smith granted Aaron full custody of Gracie and Grant. He also ordered a full mental health examination for Angie before she was allowed to have any contact with her children. This independent doctor selected by the court returned with a report that agreed with her previous evaluations. Judge Smith later dismissed this report entirely.
1: Bull Continuing to stand
0: <laughs> on his ruling. To give tell me you're not paid. Custody.
1: Tell me you're not paid. Go on. Try. Try. Try and tell me that you are not bought. That's bullshit. I heard, and this is
0: 100% speculation, alleged, alleged, alleged. I couldn't remember where I heard it when I was typing up these notes, but I remember hearing specifically about this judge and this specific instance that the judge was upset that one of these doctors, I don't know if it was the independent doctor whom he selected or if it was one of Angie's, basically called him an idiot. Oh. Called the judge an idiot.
1: Because you didn't listen to the professionals that actually are hired and licensed to do this kind of, you know, diagnosis. And then you decided, oh, you know better because you're a judge and you've only heard what's been presented to you. And you decided you knew better than the upteen professional witnesses you heard. Yeah. Fuck you. Allegedly. Conjecture. Whatever. All that.
0: In in a bow. Put it under your Christmas tree. Have your dog take a shit on it. Anyway, after this, Angie didn't see her children until February. So she went, she went from June 21st until February of the next year before seeing her kids again. What? And they are, at this point, they are small children. They are. Those years are a,
1: important. A yeah, lot happens.
0: Sophia's is In a very short
1: period of younger. time. Yeah, they are very, very small. They're also very amenable to influence. Yes. And at that
0: point, when Angie saw them in February, she said their appearances had changed so drastically. You remember how I said that they were telling everybody that they were on a strict diet? Well, Grant had lost 25 pounds. He's an athlete,
1: yeah, it doesn't like he, matter how heavy they were at the age that they were. They shouldn't lose 25 pounds. They don't have 25 pounds to lose. They're
0: also adolescent.
1: That's like my point. They're too to young. Weight there's, there's, it doesn't on matter you. if they were overweight. 25 pounds is too much. Yeah. In less than a year.
0: It's a it's a long amount of time for her, a mother and uh, children to go from seeing each other. It's a very short amount of time for an adolescent to lose 25 pounds. Like, it is, oh my god, I just can't. And I've seen the pictures of Gracie during this time. There are pictures of her. She has just these giant, like, bags under her eyes. They're just dark circles. It looks like she has permanent, like, black eyes. And she just looks haunted. And she's, like, eight. She's eight. And Angie just said she didn't recognize her children after a few months and they had just been in this like abusive relationship for months on end. And not only that, Aaron had told allegedly told Grant and Gracie during this period of time where he wouldn't allow them to talk to their mother that she had died. This man is a, if this is true, this man is a monster.
1: I just, I I honestly even, I, I just can't
0: Aaron wouldn't let Angie see the kids outside of sporting events After this, and during one sporting event, Gracie told Angie that Aaron was still sexually assaulting her. He still bathed her at the age of eight, which is too old. Yeah, it's it's way too old. She details what I'm I'm not going to give the details of what he does to her in the bath you can go and find it yourself, but she details what Aaron is doing to her and Angie thankfully records it on her phone. So she documents this. In March of 2015, Gracie FaceTimed Angie without Aaron knowing and showed her mother bruising on her inner thighs. She didn't know where she had gotten them. Angie took screenshots of the FaceTime conversation and added it to her documentation. Gracie also told her mother that she sometimes got extremely sleepy for no reason and would wake up in her father's bed. When Gracie asked Aaron about the bruises, he told her it was from her bathing suit. Have you ever... No. Have you ever got... No. No, me either. Even if it was like the long, short shorts. No. Bigness.
1: Never. Not once. <sighs> I mean, if if a swimsuit or clothing bothered me, I might have gotten a rash. But I didn't develop a bruise out of nowhere.
0: If it wasn't a bra, I've never gotten a bruise from any piece of clothing. Fair. Yeah. That's our only caveat. There, You can... No. Underwire no.
1: is a bitch.
0: Yeah. I... And like... No, there's no excuse you know,
1: for a bruise. There's very few ways you can create a bruise. A swimsuit, I wouldn't deem one of them. No. I need to remind
0: you, all of this started in 2013. We are now in 2015. She spent years documenting the abuse that she can gather to be able to do anything that she can to advocate for her children allegedly in April of 2015 Aaron had Angie arrested for not paying child support even though he didn't need it
1: yet another problem in our justice system that I'm not going to go into mhm mhm yep 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 3 years
0: 3 years from the time that Gracie has told her about this abuse and Angie has documented documented all that she can, they live like this for three more
1: years. Here's the thing that people don't think about. They're living in abuse. She knows about it. She's probably trying to advocate for them. She's probably constantly trying to get custody. She's dumping a lot of money into this, I'm guaranteeing trying to get custody of her fucking kids and then he's turning around and saying she's not paying me child support and then at the same time denying her access to her kids Mm -hmm. tell me how that makes sense i want my kids by all means let me have my kids let us do half and half that's fine but give me access to my kids uh no but also you owe me money because i take care of them.
0: How does that make sense? This man is making tens
1: of thousands of dollars across this entire fucking country. And it's notorious in the South, but it happens all over this country. And sometimes it's just, sometimes there are people that don't care. But a lot of times there are parents who want to be a part of their kids' lives and they're not being allowed to, but then being forced to pay somebody else for their care. And they're not getting the appropriate so care. It's good old boys club. But this is not a personal issue for me. So I'll be quiet.
0: <sighs> so they go this whole time. They're living under the thumb of Aaron's alleged abuse. Angie tried to tell anyone who would listen what was happening. But no one believed her. Grant and Gracie told anyone who would listen what was happening. And they wouldn't listen. And we will get into more of who exactly Grant and Gracie told, because it is people who are, oh God, it's fallen out of my head now. They are, anytime abuse happens, they are the people, they're required to do something about it. DHR? Yeah.
2: No, 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 no. TPM? Anybody, they're... Um, it's called a mandated reporter is required to make a report. It. If, oh. yeah, yeah. Like teachers are mandated reporters and other hmm Therapists Therapist. are. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've had doctors. to report before while I was teaching.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And technically, financial consultants actually are, um, to some extent. Not quite to the extent of teachers and doctors. But if we know that abuse is happening, we're required to report it to our risk team, if we know of any multiple, abuse.
0: They told multiple of these reporters. And uh, not only did they not do anything about it, some of them told Gracie to stop talking about it because it would give her a bad reputation. And we will get into more of that in in part two, because those people, that school, that church, what, what have you, now has charges against them, thankfully. Reasonably so. Reasonably so. In July of 2018, Grant and Gracie had forensic interviews done by a social worker from the Davis House Children Advocacy Center and Tamika Sanders, a detective with the Wilmington County Sheriff's Office. Sanders opened an investigation when she realized that Gracie was being sexually abused. After the interview, Sanders contacted the Department of Child Services, DCS, who told her not to investigate the situation any further? And Sanders listened. Grant and Gracie tried to run away a month later, but police found them. And on Aaron's request, they were returned to him. And he specifically said, on this, return them to me so that they are scared and they learn their lesson, allegedly.
1: I'm just gonna keep saying it. I hope our listeners are still alive.
0: I know. just re-listen to it and next time take a shot of water every time that I say it please (laughs) that's our way of your mental health note take your water (laughs) Yeah, drink your water you thirsty bitches Angie had a plan though she had filed for emergency custody citing neglect and abuse of Grant and Gracie on August 17th Aaron, Gracie, and Grant were at a baseball tournament in North Carolina that weekend, and it never specifically said that she did it because she knew they were going to be out of town, but my thought when I first heard that, my thought was, okay they're out of town. he's out of town. he's out of like he's the not vicinity in the jurisdiction yeah, she can file. The problem is that Aaron somebody, somehow he found out she was doing this. And he immediately got in the car, got Gracie in the car with him, and headed back. But Grant didn't go because he had a baseball tournament. On the way back, Aaron got a hotel room with one bed. Gracie made a video testimony where she detailed to the court how her father had raped her that night before they were on their way. The judge.
1: Refused to watch this video. The next day. Oh I'm sure it was very uncomfortable for him. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: And again. Like I said at the top of the episode. Gracie does have a video. Of her. From 2021. Recounting. All of this. A good portion of this. And backing it up. Not that she has to. I mean it's just. I don't know. Just. You can go and watch it, hear it in her own words, if you will.
1: But she is still advocating for herself to this day. I think I think part of it, it's something that I've told the girls. Talking about your abuse and not allowing it to be a secret takes the power away from the abuser. And it also gives power to other people who have been abused. Yeah. Because if you can talk about it, other people can talk about it. And they might be able... To point the finger at the person who did that to them instead of keeping it in secret, which is what they want you to do.
0: I 100% agree. For many years, I lived with my own like internalized shame for abuse that I had suffered and refused to talk about it and the amount of damage that it did to me throughout my life. I mean, now I'm perfect and I'm fine and I'm completely stable, <laughs> but... You know, that was years of intensive. No, it wasn't years of intensive therapy. It was, I think a lot of it was while I haven't deep dived into like that abuse that I've dealt with, I have talked about it
1: and I have acknowledged it. Talking about it destigmatizes it. Yeah. And it, it doesn't lessen the hurt because nothing can. But talking to other people allows them to feel the space to talk about their own. Yeah, And that's one thing that I have done with my girls, because they are my girls, just as much as they're their mom's girls, whatever. They're my girls, too. I've been very open and honest with my history and my background, because I want them to feel comfortable if anything ever comes up to come to me and tell me, about what goes on with them because there's the shame is brought about by the abuser and that's not something you should hold as the abused that's something that you should let go and you need to talk about it agreed because you shouldn't be ashamed about it because you did nothing wrong
0: yeah you know to go back the first judge decided after hearing from well educated. I mean, you can be well educated and still be an asshole. We've seen that, and and also stupid. But from multiple doctors, you can be educated and yeah. still stupid. Uh, that's me. <laughs> Wait, no, I'm
1: uneducated and not stupid. God, I always get it. You know what? Maybe I am stupid. Anyway, no, you're you're not stupid. You're one side. I'm the other. And then there's a the middle line where you're educated and stupid. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um,
0: so. Recap, we had a judge who would not listen to multiple doctors' evaluations of this person is in a highly abusive marriage. You would think hearing that, oh my goodness, that person is being abused. The children are probably being abused too. You know what? Let me give the abuser custody. Uh, What? Okay. And then comes back and has a video testimony of a child being sexually assaulted, being raped. And he, they, uh, I don't remember if it was a woman judge or a man judge, doesn't matter because fuck them, refuses to watch the video.
1: I'm. I, I, personally, I don't feel like you have that right. Oh, y- you accepted that role and you, it's your responsibility to see all of the evidence. You know what
0: they think they have the right to do? This judge? Oh, my God. Okay, Grant, Grant had to stay in North Carolina because he's at a tournament. But he did write in about all of the abuse that he had suffered at the hands of his father. Not just his abuse, but the abuse of his sister, the abuse of his mother, and all of the things that his father had done to them. While he's at a baseball tournament. This judge... Knowing there's a video of an account of rape of a child, refused to watch it, read that testimony from a teen. He's a teenager at this point who, you know, can think and write for himself. Dismissed the motion saying Angie had filed it without merit. This judge also ruled that Angie was not allowed to file any further civil lawsuits against Aaron for six years she could not file any charges against him to fight for custody to do anything for 6 years yeah uh, oh yeah yeah <gasps> what the fuck <laughs> what the fuck you, you know, can't it's, it's funny it's unconstitutional it's you cannot do can that buy. A judge cannot do that. It's
1: amazing what money can buy.
0: Yeah, it's amazing yeah. what money can buy. That's uncon- that Yeah, that's... that's a that little. is... That's, that is actually... Mm,
1: that's complete bias.
0: Unconst... You cannot... A judge cannot do that. I don't think that a judge can do that. Kelsey can
1: look it up. I feel like this is state, and I feel like you could probably appeal, but the process is going to take a long time, and it's going to cost a lot of money. You can't, and I don't think you can appeal a civil suit. It's going to be an issue.
0: Because it, it's, at this point, it's civil. And she cannot file any civil suits against Aaron. I just don't, I don't feel like that's a ruling a judge can make.
1: That you can't file. I think, okay, I can tell you right now, if he made it, there is some small smidgen of a law that he can get away with it. Otherwise, it wouldn't have gone through every single podcast. That being said, does it mean that it was lawful and it cannot be fought? No. It can be fought and
0: you can find a way. every single podcast I've listened to. And one of them in particular was with two retired detectives have said, I don't think you can. I, I, we work in law. I don't I don't think you can do that. I
1: love that it's detectives, but they're not lawyers. They're not lawyers, so, but they
0: know more that than is we a do. a little
1: different. I mean, they know a lot, but they're not lawyers. So I'm just saying if it, it could have been fought, she probably would have been able to get somebody to jump on that. Just to be perfectly honest. Have... Unless it was a, let's, all right, let's play devil's advocate. Allegedly, 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 allegedly times 50,000. Please don't take 50,000 shots. Please don't. That would be awful. You would not remember the rest of this podcast anyway. Anyway, a lawyer would not touch a case that that judge had been a part of because it's a losing situation. If you can't appeal it, then that means that you can't go to anybody else. That means you're just going to keep going to that same judge and it's never going to go anywhere. So no lawyer is going to take it. Oh, yeah. So it's a waste of time. It's a waste of money. And you're never going to get any other response. Yes. Yes. So what is your response in that situation? What if it was illegal? What if there was no constitutional right for them to do that? Okay, well, then what's your next step? And is a lawyer going to be willing to take that next step with you? Yeah. I No, yeah. Is it worth their time and money?
0: I will say that I don't know if this ended up being Angie's attorney. I, I think it was. But the attorney that was helping her initially when they found out that Aaron had filed for emergency custody and things like that was actually Angie's friend. So I I don't know what type of, I don't know what type of friend that was, or if they had lawyer fees associated with that. I do know that if I were a lawyer and you were going through a situation with that, I'd be like pro bono bitch. I got you all day long. Let's do this. I will lawyer sun up, sundown. Let's get this going.
1: It's, here's the problem. Anything to do with, oh God, this is, I am I had makeup that looked nice before this episode because I had to have it for work. Here's the problem when it comes to this stuff. It's a he said, she said, best case scenario. Worst case scenario, somebody's being bought out. Somebody pays enough money to get a good lawyer that can trick the judge. These situations are never I. Right. Uh, ideal at least not the ones we hear about they're never good because you've got a child who has to choose between their parents half the time and the other half of the time the judge chooses for them and a lot of the times it's wrong because it goes to the person who has the most money
0: yes 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 100 percent. but also
1: there's just it's fucked (laughs) in this situation it's not a good situation and this situation is in this one, of in the this situation, the, both kids
0: who are now at an age where they can, they can, uh, you know. They should advocate for them. They should be able to reasonably advocate for themselves. They advocate for themselves are saying, we are being, we are being so abused and none of you will listen. And they're saying, meh, deal with it. No, that's not true. It, just continuously dealing with this situation. And. I just can't, it's, this is such, it's such a good old, if this is true, if any, if, if an iota of this is true, this is a good old boys situation.
1: Honestly, I'm going to just tell you from the things that I've read and the people that I know and the situations I've heard of, this is very true when it's the opposite side. This is one of the few, it's not the only time, I've definitely heard of it before, and it's usually somebody with a lot of money, but it it can be very one-sided. And regularly, it's on the other parent's side without actual reason. Yeah. So, it's either a bias before anything even gets started, or it's a monetary bias, but it's typically one or the other. This is... And then sometimes, sometimes you have an actual judge that's listening to everything and and will rule fairly. Yeah, not always. that's not what you really hear about, to be perfectly fair. You're not going to hear about the fair cases. You're only going to hear about the ones that are unfair. Yeah.
0: We're going into, like, an hour and a half at this point. We're almost done with part one. Your fault. But uh, this is, and I will throw it to Kelsey, like... Because I got her into Sinisterhood podcast. This is one of those instances where I I wish, I wish we had Heather here because she could tell us like the legal ramifications for sh- situations like this. One of us needs to go to law school.
1: Not it. I already have a master's in finance. I've done all my schooling. It's I guess it's on Kelsey. Oh,
2: it's Kelsey. A, I already
1: have a degree
0: too. Listen, just because I don't have a degree doesn't mean that I have the the attention span to get a law degree
1: okay all right that's accurate but i can't completely switch majors sorry fine that's way too much all right well
0: anyways let's we're gonna wrap up part one on september 16th the same this was the same year and I, I just have to say that after that rule, I, I forgot to say, because some of this stuff I didn't put in my show, in the show notes, I just remember it because I have been inundated with all the information on this. After that ruling where they said that Angie could not file any civil cases for six years, which basically means she can't file anything against him until her children are adults and they can legally advocate for themselves. Gracie had to leave with her father and drive back to North Carolina alone with him. Uh Uh-huh. Yep. 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 So, allegedly. Keep that in mind. Allegedly, the judge has to live with that for the rest of their lives, and I hope they do. Oh, yeah. So, a month later, on September 16th, the same judge, who refused to watch Gracie's video testimony, held a new hearing regarding custody. Two of Grant's friends attended, planning to testify for their friend, but the judge wouldn't allow it. Even though they allowed Angie's father and sister to advocate for Aaron, they would not allow Grant's friends to also come in and advocate for him. I understand that they're minors. That doesn't fucking matter. It's all witness testimony in the end. Surprisingly, though, the judge agreed to watch the forensic interview that he'd refused at the prior hearing. Partly through, this judge had to stop watching it. He ruled that the children could stay with Angie. However, he later decided that only Gracie would be Allowed to stay with Angie and that Grant had to go and
1: stay with his dad, Aaron, because he was a big boy. That's somebody who doesn't want to admit that they were completely wrong, Mm -hmm. only partially wrong. Yeah,
0: he was like, Grant can take care of himself. He is a six foot whatever
1: athletic. It doesn't fucking matter. It doesn't matter. It's still his son, which means there is not an equal source of power here. No, that's not how it works
0: On the morning of July 20,
1: 2022, our
0: year of COVID This is two years after that hearing, Aaron Solomon called 911 He told them that Grant's Toyota Tacoma must have rolled backwards over his son While he was collecting his baseball equipment from the car It dragged him across the parking lot pavement and down into a rock ditch where Aaron claims that Grant became trapped under the weight of the truck after it rolled over him. At the hospital, Grant's body was found to have very few injuries, no road rash, no tearing of his clothing, only three bruises and lacerations to the back of his head. Despite the fact that the cause of death was assumed to have been cardiac arrest, caused by blunt force trauma to the head, there was no autopsy performed as Aaron had declined to have one performed in the hospital paperwork. The hospital reported that Aaron also declined helicopter transport, but it is unclear why they made the decisions about Grant's care based on Aaron's wishes rather than Grant's best interests. In next week's episode, we will go over the investigation that took less than an hour, the school and the church's participation in the continuation and cover-up of the abuse of Grant and Gracie, and some theories as to what actually happened to Grant Solomon in that parking lot that morning. I know you haven't gotten very much into. Information about what happened to Grant so far, but there is a petition I've linked in the show notes that you can sign. It is a petition to simply reopen the investigation into his death, which we can all agree should happen regardless of everything else that I've said. Less than an hour is not enough time to investigate a death. So, please go to the show notes and sign that petition if you feel so inclined. I would ask you what you think, but we have given our opinions quite frankly throughout this. And I'm exhausted. So, all right. Well, we'll be back with you guys next week with part two. Again, go sign that p- petition. Also, there are, if you feel so inclined, there are donations that go to the Free Gracie fund and the Justice for Grant fund that we will also link in the show notes. Uh this goes towards like legal fees and investigation fees and things like that. And also advocating for Gracie to be in a better uh situation than she's in. So do that if you're so inclined and if you have the means to do it. Anyways until next time, we love you. We mean it. Okay, bye. The reaper
1: will come for us all.